0: Welcome to a, another edition here of Campus Life, our college side of things here at Campus DeCanton. Um, as always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And we just have a lot of really, really fun stuff to talk about today, I think. Um, I always really enjoy these shows. We're talking a lot of freshmen, uh, you know, both individual and freshman classes as a whole. We're talking another G5 offense that we're going to be looking at this this offseason as values on the college side of things. And... Um, I just think we talk a lot about sleepers and stuff um, when we do that kind of stuff. But we actually also want to lead off the show here a little bit. So we have a really cool thing that's brewing that we're almost ready for release here. Um, But a big part of it is going to be some different mock drafts that we can do on the campus side of things to help gather more EDP. I think I've talked a little bit about this on Twitter before. So this isn't necessarily a news or surprise. Um, but it's finally starting to come to fruition, and I have a couple people helping me test drive this mock draft right now. Uh, we're through one round, Colin. Any, um, any interesting things without giving too much away um, that, that you're seeing going on here? Um, yeah,
1: well, I mean, without giving too much away, um, you know, obviously with this being on the college side here, um, you know, it, it was a little bit surprising to see this many quarterbacks go in round one. Um, and then there was a big surprise at number seven overall, um, yeah. where, where somebody took, uh, a quarterback there that I was not really expecting a freshman uh, quarterback. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like incoming
0: freshman, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was really surprising. Um, but yeah, I think overall just really seeing some quarterbacks fly off the board early in this draft and it makes a lot of sense because you know, the, the guys that were taken here are guys that are high end pro prospects and, should be high-end pro or high-end college producers as well and i mean that's the unicorn there so when you can get these guys in college you know you're going to do it you want to lock these guys up right away exactly
0: yeah it's 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 easier to to worry about it early than than have to you know try to figure it out later um yeah i'm going to be really interested to see as we do more of these mock drafts with more and more people as the year goes on how some of this stuff shifts um and learning you know there's no, there's nothing like this out there. So they, they're, you know, we're, I th- I'm hoping that we can learn <clears throat> a lot, uh, by looking at all this kind of stuff and, and, you know, start to notice some trends. And I mean, I, I'm like looking at the running backs right now, there were no running backs. I wanted really to draft early in drafts last year. And this year that looks like there's a ton of them. And yeah. like we're, we're, you know, halfway through round two and there's still a bunch of guys that I'm like, pretty sure are going to be there. My next pick that I'd be very happy about. So, um,
1: yeah, I was pretty yeah. upset that you just took uh, the guy you just took. I wanted him, but... Um, you you know, can, I we can to... spoil that one. We
0: can spoil that one if
1: you want. Yeah? You want to yeah. spoil that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Travion Henderson uh, was a guy that you took that I was really excited about. I mean, you just took yeah. him at 2 204. Uh, I was heavily contemplating him at the 2-2, but I didn't have a quarterback for that team yet, so I really wanted to lock one up there because this was the last guy that I felt was... A high-end guy, the last guy that I felt really confident in. So, I wanted to take him there. You know, as much as I wanted Travion Henderson, I can make up the production at running back a lot easier.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll see how this strategy goes. It's very, everything's very fluid right now. Yeah. So, um, we'll be doing more with that here in the next couple of weeks, guys. So, stay tuned for that. Recent news we're going to start with. We've been starting with that a lot lately because this is the time of the year where you know lots of guys go into the portal and uh, deciding what teams they're going to. And we had National Signing Day this past week. Not really a lot of surprises at all, um, at least not on the offensive side of things. There was potential for a few. Um, I mean, the first guy we're going to talk about here is Kamar Wheaton, and there were some rumblings because the guy that recruited him is now on the staff with Sarkeesian over at Texas that Wheaton might be making his way over there, but Wheaton ended up staying with Alabama uh, and solidifying Bama's best ever recruiting class. They have the best ever recruiting class, uh, at least in like the modern era of some of these ranking and recruiting services. Uh, the average like ranking of a guy they bring in this year is like 80 or something, which is just ridiculous for like a 20 man class that, that, that is the average. Um But, um, so like, what do you think, you know, potential fallout, uh, you know, situation wise looking at, at Wheaton there? I mean, with,
1: with Wheaton's still sticking around there, Pama, you know, I mean, that's kind of what you'd kind of what you would expect. I mean, yes, he could have followed, um, to Texas could have followed Sark and the rest of that staff to Texas, but I think that with Bajan there, like. It was pretty clear that Bijan was gonna be the guy. And he's only one year ahead of Wheaton. So Wheaton really would have had to like shown out really well as a freshman to get some carries from Bijan. And I don't think he would have I don't think he would have been able to do that because I think right now Wheaton's not technically refined enough as a runner. I think he's relies a lot on his athleticism, which he has a very at a very high level. You know, I mean that's yeah. the reason why he's ranked so highly. But I think it's a lot better for him to go to Bama where he'll sit behind Brian Robinson. He'll sit behind, you know, uh, what they have, McClellan, Roy Dell Williams, um, Trey Trey Sanders. So he's going to sit behind those guys. And then after Brian Robinson leaves, Trey Sanders could leave this year too. I mean, we'll see how that shakes out. I don't know if he will, Uh, but then it kind of thins out after that because I don't really think that highly of, of Roy Dell Williams. So then it would just be him and McClellan there next year. And I think that that's a fairly even uh, fairly even split there potentially. So I think Bama was a better fit for him. I'm glad to see that he stuck around.
0: Yeah. Um, just looking at all those Alabama backs, value-wise, who is the one guy of that group that like, at what we kind of think of as current value, you want to own the most?
1: So that's, that's a great question there. Value wise. I don't think there's anybody who's a fantastic value right now. Um, you're seeing a lot of hype on, on McClellan. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people come up with him in their, inside their top five running backs for the 2023 class. And I mean, deservedly show, you know, he, so he showed really well this year in in the limited work that he got. Um, I think People are, are kind of on Brian Robinson as a sleeper. And with him coming back, I think you're going to start to see more people kind of get on that hype train. So at cost for, and then Kumar Wheaton, too, you know, just such a high profile running back, he's going to be on a lot of people's radars already as well. So I think that just strictly value-wise, Trey Sanders is the guy that would be the guy I would be most interested in. Uh, but you know, he's also the guy who, you know, he's shown he's had some injuries here and there um you know he hasn't really been able to put a full season together so i'm hesitantly buying sanders
0: i am too um i got hit like his value dropped a lot last year i got him in like the sixth round of a startup i think last year um, which i thought was really good value for him and then obviously he went and got injured again non-football related though i guess it makes me feel a little bit better um i like we're doing this mock I'm, i'm interested to see where mcclellan goes because I think, like, the third round is fair game for him. I'm just not entirely sure if he's actually going to drop that far. But that's, like, where I'd start being comfortable taking him in a startup. Um, so he might be the best value outside of Sanders just because if he does, like, what he averaged, like, 7.6 yards a carry or something last year? Like, yeah,
1: it was something like that. I mean, a lot of it was on the back of, like, this big 80-yard touchdown yeah. run, which is nice. You know, it's good to see him show that breakaway ability, but – He didn't have a lot of carries, So it's pretty small sample size. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he was, I mean, the, the speed thing, like he was a big spark guy coming out of high school, which we love to see. Um, so I'd have to think that that might end up being, you know, a part of his game. You know, it wasn't like, like, you know, Zach Charbonnet's stats last year were buoyed by that huge run that like, he doesn't actually do that often. Yeah. I think McClellan could be a guy where, you know, he's capable of ripping one of those runs off every now and then. Um, So but I I think I agree with your list. I I think I take Sanders first as value and then probably McClellan second. A guy that's forgotten about there, and I literally have no idea what the story is with this kid, is Keelan Robinson. Yeah. He he didn't play last year, but they didn't say whether he opted out or not. Like they were just like he's not practicing and stuff with the team. I was like, okay, is he transferring? Like there's like zero news on this kid. So I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but he's a really good pass catching back. I think he's the best you know, more of a pure pass catching back, you know, Najee was a very good pass catching back. But when I say, I've said this like eight <laughs> times in the past sentence. Now and it doesn't sound like a real <laughs> word in my head anymore. <laughs> when I say pass catching back, I mean a guy that that is his only role. You know, that is a Naheem Hines. That is a Giovanni Bernard. That is a going way back. Like a D. Moore. That is like a guy that his That's job way back. <laughs> is to catch passes. I liked him on the Steelers. He was fun. Um, <laughs> So like that, it's a third down back. I thought that was going to be mostly Kenyon Drake's role, but he's Drake is probably the best pass catching back that they've, that they had like prior to Robinson, who I think can do very, very well in that role. And I think he's like basically free. I, I yeah. don't even foresee him going in drafts this year, whether he stays at Bama or not, it's a total mystery, but there is some value there. If you're looking for like really weird, deep value and you don't have any picks or anything, you know, or any early picks or anything to go out and do something about it.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point too. Like I could, like you said, I completely forgot about him. Uh he just kind of fell off the radar this year. They and there's not like a lot of information on the why. So I'll have to dig into that a little bit more. But yeah, no, I mean he's a free guy. So, yeah. like you said, that was a good point. You know, very, very under the radar right now. And you know, anybody in Bama's backfield can break out, you know. So, you know, he could very easily show well this spring if he's still still there, still sticks around, and then all of a sudden, You know, maybe it's him and Brian Robinson. You know, he takes on that pass-catching-back role that you talked about and said the words pass-catching-back like 16 (laughs) times in that sentence, I think. Uh, So I think we're up to like 20 total now on the show. We should probably name the episode that. (laughs) Pass-catching-back. Pass-catching-back.
0: So the other news is LJ Johnson – that he's going to Texas a and M it was between a and M and Texas. And I guess Texas is probably the big loser on the day as far as that goes, because there were rumors that they could get Wheaton or Johnson and they ended up getting neither. Yeah. Now, luckily, obviously, you know, it's like the billionaire that goes home and cries into a stack of money. Texas goes home <laughs> and cries into their B John Robinson. So it's not as big of a deal as maybe it would be some other places. Um, but Johnson is a, one of the top backs in this class. Um, of course I, closed out his thing here to see exactly where he's ranked in the composite. <laughs> yeah. What is the RB three in the composite or two, four, four in the okay. composite, three, four, 24, seven. Okay. Um, and I like him. I hear a lot of people that I think are very, very smart people that I respect their opinion and they, their opinion. I respect enough that it influences my opinion to a certain extent. You know, if I hear somebody who I think is really smart saying, this guy is really good. I'm gonna go look at him with, you know, maybe that in the back of my mind. But I, I hear a lot of people say that they don't like LJ Johnson. He's 5'10, 204. I think he looks like he's built a little bit bigger than 204 when I watch him, though. I thought he was closer to like 210, 215. Um, the big criticism that I hear a lot of people say with him is he's not that fast. And that it might be true. I don't necessarily think he's slow. You know, he's not a game breaker, he's not Jace McClellan right Uh, you know if we're talking in that you know what we just talked about but i think he's a good player i like his burst a lot like you see him like they'll run a lot of outside stuff with him and as soon as he sees a lane he just explodes through it um and he's a very stiff runner but i don't necessarily hate that at the running back position like we talked about pre-show like adrian peterson was a bit of a stiff runner yeah but like, I, and obviously I'm not saying LJ Johnson is Adrian Peterson. I don't think he's on that level of a player, but like it's not unheard of for a stiffer athlete to be really, really good at that position. Um, it's definitely possible. So I, I like Johnson. He's my RB two in the class. Um, it's like my top three guys are all pretty close. Well, Henderson's obviously number one. And then Johnson Shipley are kind of my next two guys that I really, okay. really like. Um the other thing with Johnson, crowded backfield. And yeah. you like, I mean, you like um, Chain, and you like Smith. And yeah. I think we both like Spiller. I like, I mean, yeah. I like all those guys too. Um, yeah. I think they're they are all players that are really good that are in front of him. Um, Spiller probably gone after next year, but Chain was a true freshman. And um, Smith, I don't know what he'll do. He's one of those hybrid type guys that... You know, he could be there four years. He could be gone. I don't really know. So the backfield's a little muddled. The opportunity's not going to be there right away. I think that drops him a little bit in drafts this year. Um, do you have any opinions on situation or player there, Colin? Um, yeah, I mean,
1: I like LJ Johnson. Like, I'm I'm with you there. I think that he is – he's got that prototypical size, you know, 5'10". He's two, listed at 204, but I think he's got that sturdy build – that he looks bigger than 204, and I don't think there's going to be any issues for him putting on, you know, another 10, 15 pounds to get to that 510, like 220, 215 range, something like that, and that's, like, perfect. That's, like, ideal size. And then he ran a 442.40 at the opening, so he has, like, verified long speed there. I do think a lot of that does come from his burst, like you said, and I think that probably in the 40 his acceleration gets him. He gets off the line quickly. Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't seen him run it, but I'm guessing he gets off the line really quickly and gets like a very fast start and then sort of slows up like a little bit. That would be my guess seeing it and just based on what I've seen from him overall, but he's going to be in my top five for sure. Uh, I don't have anything solidified there. I would probably guess he'll be three or four for me at this point. We'll see, but you know, I, I like him a lot too. And I like the landing spot as well because you said you said Spiller is going to go, you know this this past year, assuming, and then Anais Smith is he could go as well, but he also is the type of he's just very different than either of um, a chain or L.J. Johnson. So I don't really think him sticking around would affect L.J. Johnson that much. I think that L.J. Johnson would slide right into that Spiller role. Because A-Chain's a little bit smaller. Um, you know, when he was coming out, he's listed at 5'9", 185. I think he bulked back up to closer to 200 pounds now. But he's still a little bit smaller. He's still a little bit more of not like a, a true bell cow type type of a back. And I think with how much Jimbo Fisher's gushed over LJ Johnson, that I, I see him sliding more into the featured role. Because um, A-Chain's calm 24/7 when he was coming out was Tariq Cohen, so that just kind of—I don't necessarily agree with that 100%. But I think that gives you like a better idea of the type of player that he is. I don't think he's, like I said, I don't think he's a true workhorse type back where L.J. Johnson could be. So I really like the landing spot, despite the way it looks right now being kind of crowded. Yeah, um,
0: <clears throat> and t- like they—they they rotate their backs there. Yeah. So there there's opportunities outside of just one guy or maybe even two guys to get some touches. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Texas A&M does next year. I think, I mean, they don't really lose that much. They, they lose Mond obviously. So that's a big question mark at quarterback, but a lot of really exciting talent on both sides of the ball there. Um, and I think they lost some of their offensive line too, but like they brought in, they, they just brought in a tackle from, that was leaving Tennessee's mess. They got a couple other guys there too. They always recruit well. So, um, could very well see them, you know, making some noise here in the next year or two. Um, yeah. So we are back this week with another freshman spotlight. Like we said, we're going to try to do at least one of these every single week for the next many, many weeks. <laughs> um, keeps us accountable. And gets you guys some some fun information. Um, Colin, you chose a guy that I really like and I had on like my short list of guys to eventually talk about. So I'm, I'm glad you're talking about him. Um, tell us a little bit about who you've chosen for today. Uh,
1: so the guy I chose was Keegan Johnson. Uh, he is, he's listed as an athlete. He's the number 21 overall athlete, four-star guy. Uh, but he's going to play wide receiver for Iowa. Um, that's kind that's what 24 has his 24 sports has his position listed at, but they have him listed, they have him ranked as an athlete. Uh, so it's pretty easy to see he's going to be a wide receiver for Iowa uh, he had some decent offers there, too. He had Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas State, Nebraska. So some decent offers there, um, especially coming from the state of Nebraska. It's not really like a powerhouse when it comes to producing talent. Um, but, you know, he's he's the younger brother of Cade Johnson uh, from San Diego State. guy's at the st- Senior Bowl this year. Uh, you know, he's expected to be drafted. You know, he showed pretty well there. Uh, his other brother, uh, CJ Johnson, who went to Wyoming. Um, so, you know, he's got like the pedigree there. His other brothers have been successful uh, in college. Um, so he's, and he's already bigger than uh, his brother, Cade. He's six one, he's listed as six one one eighty. Um, so he's already bigger than Cade Johnson is, but uh, I like Keegan Johnson. because He looks very smooth as an athlete. Uh, very, very good after the catch. Uh, You know, he's very, he's got a very good lateral agility there. Now, I can't necessarily tell if that's 100% him or if it's also partially because he's playing some guys from Nebraska. Um, So I don't, I I think it's going to translate well that he's a very good athlete, but I have a a little bit of a hesitation on that one. Uh, But he's very versatile. He lines up out wide. He lines up in the slot. They use him on toss plays. Uh, You know, you can kind of tell by that athlete designation just that he's very versatile and didn't really have like a 100% true position there. So I think he's he shows the ability to be a good route runner. He's got good footwork, sharp on his brakes, but he definitely needs to work on his release, and he needs to refine some of the, the more finer points of being a wide receiver. Um, he's also a very good deep threat. Uh, you know, he tracks the ball really well. He's got strong hands. Uh, so I think he's going to have a chance to play early for Iowa, just because they don't typically bring in a lot of athletes, uh, they don't really typically bring a lot of wide receivers like that are on his level. and they do lose their top two wide receivers from this past year in Emir Smith marset and Brandon Smith. So while we don't really necessarily love skill position players at Iowa outside of maybe the occasional running back like uh, Goodson uh, you know dating all the way back to like Sean Green there. Uh, and then you know tight ends. You know, it's a tight end factory there, so we like some tight ends. But we don't always love the wide receivers, but this is a guy to definitely keep an eye on just because they don't have a lot of options there. And I think that he could potentially put up some decent numbers in college but could develop into a
0: nice pro prospect. Is this a kid that you think you even need to draft this year? Can you slap him on a watch list and, you know, as soon as you hear some sort of small piece of news, you go to pick him up? Well, I mean... Uh, yes and no.
1: Uh, I would say yes in most leagues. No if you're in a league with you or me, who already have him on our radar. So I think in a league with one of us, you're probably going to need to draft him uh, at some point, depending on the format and like how deep it is. But for your average league, I think you can just slap him on a on, on a watch list, keep an eye on him, because nobody's really paying attention to the guy who's listed as an athlete going to Iowa. Uh, so yeah, I think overall, put him on a watch list.
0: It's interesting that athlete designation tends to, um, well, people will sort by wide receiver or running back. They don't necessarily always sort by athlete.
1: Yeah. And that's something that can give you an edge if you can find a guy who's listed as an athlete, but is expected to play wide receiver or running back.
0: Yeah. I mean, because I, I, I'm writing a series of incoming freshman articles right now. Um, and I talked about that in my Lonnie White article that, like, there's a guy every year, two guys every year. I mean, Jordan Addison was an athlete going to pit people thought he might have to play safety. Pitt was like the only school that wanted him to play as a receiver or was like willing to let him try that first. And he was really, really good. Uh, There's like a, yeah, there's like a guy or two every year that can do something early. Uh, They just got to, Because a lot of them, like, they're listed as athletes because they're just so good at two positions. Like, oh no, what a problem. Like, I have this guy that's (laughs) so good at two different spots that we can't decide where to put him. Now, as long as it's not like a guy where, well, he's good here and he's good here. So now we have to figure out which one he's better at. Like, that's not the scenario you want. You want the guy where it's like, he led his team in high school with 27 interceptions and also had like, you know, 40 touchdowns (laughs) in three years. Like, that's the guy you want because if he plays offense, then he's probably really good at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it takes a bit of a risk though if it's not an IDP league. If you're in an IDP league, you're pretty safe taking in a four star athlete of that or five star athlete of that caliber just because they're going to work out somewhere for you. If it's not an IDP league and you do take a guy who's an athlete and he gets he plays the defensive side of the ball and never really gets a shot on offense, I mean, then you kind of burned your pick a little bit there. So there is definitely some risk into it, but there's definitely some high rewards as well, like you mentioned with Addison.
0: Like there was a guy last year um, that was going to Arizona state, Elijah Badger. They brought in this and he, he played corner and wide receiver in high school. And they were like, well, he might play corner. We're not really sure. And with all those other guys coming in, I only took him in the league that I have. That's an IDP league. So if he switches, you know, maybe he ends up being good, but yeah. 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 I mean, if if it's IDP, it's pretty safe. Otherwise it's kind
1: of risky, but you said huge dividends at times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. Um so I chose I chose a guy that I've been talking about on Twitter for weeks here. So it figured it was finally time to get the you know (laughs) some serious discussion in on him instead of just posting clips or showing on other people's shows and talking about him. It's Kenji Christian, the running back who's going to Virginia Tech this year. I have no idea why this kid is only rated 38th as in the composite. Well, I do know why. So he's 34th for 24/7 and he's 26th for Rivals. which means ESPN, the anchor that they are on the recruiting <laughs> rankings, is just totally destroying this kid. Um, I wish there was a way to go. Like, I don't even know if the composite takes like one third, one third, one third, or if they, um, like, if the twenty four seven weighs more because it's their um, like program. I don't know if that's the case or not. But I gotta feel like I wish there was a way that I could go in and just like eliminate the ESPN rankings. <laughs> and look at some of this other stuff because they're clearly hurting this kid's stock um i could not find any stats for him for his senior year so if somebody out there has them or knows them let me know um but he's 6'2 200 he's from the heart of sec country he's from pinson valley high school in alabama um, and that is a high school that produces good talent bo Nix was the quarter was a quarterback at pinson valley um obviously hasn't really done that much in college but he was a five-star kid and had you know a lot of teams fighting over him before he went to auburn and zach cunningham linebacker for the texans went there among others so they always have talent coming through that high school this isn't like a kid playing for some little team in the sticks that nobody's ever heard of and that that hurts his value Uh, but this kid is just very like he, he has 20 offers he got offers from georgia from tennessee from um florida i think like he got all these big offers he ended up going to virginia tech I think because playtime probably a little more assured there. skill set wise, he's got very good physicality. He's not a bruiser. I mean, as his size would suggest, he's six 200. Um, but he does have nice size and he's able to run between the tackles very well. He's able to finish runs and his frame looks like he can add, he does like add some pounds. He does not look like he's maxed out, which I like a lot. Um, hands-wise this is the thing that like i turned on his stuff i went to his huddle page and i pulled. up, he's one of the players that has senior stuff so i pulled up his senior highlights first just to watch it and the, literally the first play is him running this route like just a seam buster down the middle of the field and a quarterback overthrows him and he literally is going full speed doesn't break stride reaches out with one hand just hauls it in and just goes for the touch, like outruns two dbs for a touchdown i was like what the hell? Why is nobody (laughs) talking about this kid? And then you watch the rest of it and it's not like that's his only play. And then the other stuff he's getting killed. He looks great. Uh, So like, I think he has very good hands with the potential to be a three down guy. And I think his athletic ability, like I said, he outruns a couple DBs on that play. He's definitely not slow. I think if, you know, we get to the point where we're talking about him going to the combine and stuff that he would test as like an average to slightly above average guy for the running back position, which is, more than adequate you know running back you don't necessarily need to be an athletic beast uh, for every um you know saquon barkley there's a Kalen balage so it's not a guarantee <laughs> that if you're that kind of level of an athlete that you're going to translate um and i don't see any issues like I, I think he's a good runner like i don't um I, I didn't necessarily note that i thought he was like a standout as like a natural position but i didn't see any, any vision issues or anything like that he wasn't necessarily asked to do a ton of um and a lot of these guys in high school aren't, you know, you're looking for them to identify like a cutback lane or something. You're not expecting them to set up blockers on like second and third levels that often because the high school offenses just like, aren't that nuanced to necessarily need somebody to do that. Um, so time will tell on that, but I, so I'm not exactly sure, but I didn't, I didn't see any issues like with Kamar Wheaton where I watch him and I'm like, this dude has like no idea where he's running. <laughs> um, Situation wise at tech from everything that I've read, they do have a guy that writes for them on the athletic, which Thank God. I, I love that there are teams that have that. Um, it sounds like either Raheem Blackshear or Jalen Holston is probably going to be the guy for them next year. Blackshear is a guy that has been on my radar for several years. He was at Rutgers before He was more of a pass catching back. He caught like an absurd amount of passes a couple of years ago there and then transferred um, and Holston uh, I would be lying if I said I knew anything about him other than <clears throat> I did a quick Google search before the show. He's 5'11, 215, former three star, 35th back in his class. Um, so profile wise, sounds fairly similar to, to Christian, actually. Um, and I do know that they have a kid in there named Keyshawn King that they talked a little bit about last year, but he's very small. He's listed like 175. So I think at best that guy's that guy's going to split time with somebody because I don't think he can be an every down kind of guy. So you're taking Christian knowing that he's probably not going to do that much his first year unless some people get injured in front of him. But I think he's a great stash for coming years. I would imagine I can get him basically in the last round or later rounds of all my drafts. And I probably will. And I'll probably stash him pretty much everywhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I mean, he's your guy, so I haven't really watched him super in depth right now. But you've been gushing about him for a while, so I need to put him higher on my watch list. Uh, but I mean, I think as far as you, you you mentioned him not potentially having a role right away, uh, year one. But I think he could have absolutely have a role, a big role, featured role, year two, uh, because Blackshear and Holston are both, uh, you know, going to be seniors. Or I think Holston's actually going to be a 50 year senior um, you know, based on on what I'm seeing here right now. So, you know, they'll have those two guys will have one year there. And then Kenji Christian can just slide right in and just take over right after year one. And, you know, potentially, you know, you never know how the depth chart's going to shake out in the spring. I don't think either of those two guys are well-established options that you're like, Oh, well, he's definitely going to sit behind them. I mean, it looks that way right now, but if he flashes
0: in the spring, I think he could easily jump them. I mean, they, they, Herbert was the guy last year and he left. So yep. whatever touches were his are now available. And yep. I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be because hooker left. Um, they don't have a lot going on behind him. So they might, they might be running the ball a ton. I don't know. And so he might get some touches that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I think they will be a little bit, probably a little bit more run heavy there just because like you said, they did lose hooker. Um, so they don't really have any established option behind him. They have uh Braxton Burmeister I see here's through, through 85 passes this year at 56 percent completion percentage and then they had Quincy Patterson who's more of a running guy yeah you know so they don't really have anything behind hooker so I think it'll be a, a run heavy offense there so definitely a guy to keep on your radar for sure yeah, yeah. um
0: and like like trade like the running backs that I really like are Trayvon Cooley and him in this class they're like deeper and I feel like people are like talking about all these guys and I'm Gonna have to pay way more than I'm gonna want to at the end (laughs) of the day. But honestly, that's okay. I'd rather talk about these guys and get them out there and and have other people talking about them too than hide them for myself, you know. Right. Well,
1: that's always the big uh, the big question mark as somebody who like produces some content and you know puts it out there for other people to consume is you run the risk of, oh, I really like Kenji Christian, I'm gonna hype him up and now other people start to pay attention because they listen to it and now they're hyping him up too. And then you end up having to pay way more. So it's kind of a good problem to have in that it, if you're hyping him up and other people are, are hyping him up too, then after you do and you know, he starts to get a lot of love then, you know, at that point, you know, it kind of makes you feel good. Like, all right, you know, other people are seeing what I'm seeing, you know, other people are listening to our content. So it's a good problem to have. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's this'll be my first big off season really having that issue. So. Yeah, uh, same. I might be like really frustrated by May. I might just come on an episode and just like swear for 15 minutes about how people take <laughs> <laughs> you know all my all the guys I want. <laughs> um, we'll have a
1: we'll have a, a show where we just air it out and we just are like this person stole this person from
0: me and this person poached this person. It's going to be it's going to be like like screen names too. You know, it's yeah. going to be like, you know, like you know, Texas drummer four eight six took fucking Kenji Christian like in the sixth round. That jerk. I thought he'd be there in the eight. You know, freak out, go back and forth. So uh, that would
1: be an interesting show. That would be a huge departure from our normal show. I think we would just we drop one of those in there and just catch people way off guard. That would be a lot of fun, uh, especially with your all shucks personality. Uh, that would be you know that'd be hilarious to hear, Mister All Shucks, start ripping people apart.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a different word after awe that day. <laughs> rhymes with shucks. <laughs> so we're gonna do another. Um, we we talked about this like like the episode we did before Christmas, I think, where we yeah. kind of highlighted a class that stood out to us in one way or another. And we talked, uh, Colin talked to Oregon, and I talked Bama receivers, um, which was kind of an obvious one. But I thought with JoJo Earl flipping at the time, it was an interesting discussion yeah, to be had. Definitely relevant. Yeah. Um, so we're back again, Colin took the one that I wanted and I'm very upset about it. Um, so tell us about Cal's recruiting class.
1: Yeah. So we can definitely both talk about this one here, but I did, once we made the decision to talk about this, I kind of wanted to jump on them cause I figured they were a class that you were, uh, on board with as well. And it was definitely a class I'm excited about too. Uh, but the California golden bears, uh, they had the number 28 class nationally and ranked 20th by ESPN. But, you know, we've kind of mentioned our thoughts on ESPN's rankings. Uh, but they were the third ranked uh, class in the Pac 12 this year. The year before that, uh, they were the number 39 class overall and they were eighth in the Pac 12. So, pretty big jump this year. Um, this is their highest rated class in the last 10 years. Um, and I think a lot of that, honestly, has to do with their new offensive coordinator from this year and that's bill Musgrave and if anybody else recognizes that name out there you know that's because he's been a quarterback coach and an offensive coordinator for various NFL teams since 2000 you know he's been all over the NFL he was with the Panthers he was with the Raiders he was with the Falcons for a little bit I think he was with the Eagles for a little bit too so he's a very well traveled uh, very well respected quarterback coach uh, so he comes into Cal. His first year at OC was this year. Um, so, you know, they only played four games overall, so kind of hard to to judge anything off of a four-game sample size. But I think he is what is driving these recruits. Um, so what, I'm, what I've am what i seen from interviews with some of the, their higher-rated offensive guys is he's telling recruits that this is going to be a pass-first offense. Uh, and with Garbers coming back, I think that that's going to be I the Garbers is a very passable quarterback. He's fine. So I think that's a safe, solid option this year um, for some of these guys who are coming in um, like J. Michael Sturdivant, who's their highest rated uh, offensive skill position guy coming in here. He's the number 24 overall wide receiver. He's a four-star guy. Uh, he's six two, uh, 183 listed from the opening. Um, And and, you know, that's pretty much where you get like any of these measurables. Uh, You know, he also ran a four, six, seven, 40 time there. And he had a 34 inch vert and four, three, one shuttle. So those times are all, you feel pretty good about those when it's coming from the opening. Um, So you're seeing, he's a solid athlete, not spectacular, but definitely very solid. Uh, And that does show on tape too. He's got very solid long speed. Yeah. You can outrun defenders. Now, He's not a super fluid mover. He's not a very fluid athlete. His bit is a bit more of a strider. Uh, but I do think that he does show some flashes of solid route running ability, despite not being very fluid, because he does have some nice sharp cuts in his routes at times. He has some nice footwork. Uh, it's just, you know, he's, he's more of a strider as far as an athlete goes, which nothing wrong with that. But it's not really what I'm looking for at the wide receiver position. Um, Now, he can get physical, and he tracks the ball very well and high points the ball very well. So for a guy 6'2", 183, you got to figure he's probably going to pack on 15 pounds of muscle based on his frame. Like He definitely has the frame to get to that 200-pound mark. Um, So while he's not somebody that I'm in love with overall, I think he's a very solid player. He's a great get for Cal overall. So I, I really like the you know, the fact that they're able to get a top 25 wide receiver, you know, that's really good to see. Uh, and then the next guy there is a guy that you actually mentioned on our previous show where we were starting to talk about some of the freshman guys that were a bit under the radar. I think it was from the national signing day one, but I'm not entirely sure. I just know you talked about him before. I know he's one of your guys uh, and that's Maven Anderson, uh four-star wide receiver number 43 overall in the composite, but he's number 30 in 24-7 sports' uh, ratings themselves. Um, and we kind of mentioned that we'd like to see that a little bit more. Uh, now, when you brought him up, I hadn't watched him really um, at that point, but he's a guy that I've watched since. So, I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on him again, and then I'll kind of chime in with that because I know he's your guy.
0: Man, a little uh... – Little well, heads up, so I could have brought up those notes uh, beforehand would have been really appreciated, Colin. <laughs> well, uh, I didn't mean to
1: throw it to you on, uh, you know, no, no warning there. That's a good point. But no, you're good. Let me, uh, let me pull him up here real quick. I think I found the episode here okay. already. Um, yeah, I was to say I knew you had talked about him. I thought it was the national signing day episode, it was. but it, okay, I thought that was the one. Yeah, where did you go here? You <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mean to catch you off guard. Didn't mean to throw that to you unannounced.
0: But. No, you're good. Um, so I have him noted here. I have the he is a running back type build, sort of, with six foot one ninety five, and he has that skill set. There are a lot of guys in this class that I think are kind of like that. Um, you know, Christian Leary, probably the top guy in the class, but but Anderson is similarly skilled. I think. Uh, a lot of run after the catch type potential, but I thought he had very nice hands as well. He can do a little bit of jump ball stuff, obviously not something you want him doing consistently but but he can do it on occasion. and he's very, very smooth. I do remember that from watching him um, like, uh, which I, I I just enjoy kind of watching some of those guys you know in any athletic competition like like i like I'm a big soccer guy. that's always what we both are like that's the sport yeah. we always grew up playing like that's our the one that we probably know. A ton about. And that's like what I've always gravitated to on that too. Like just a guy that's smooth because I think that translates really, really well. Like it, it, cause I think if you're smooth, you have a lot of body control and you're, you know, I, like I, if you're more smooth and sudden and you're still very, very fast, that means you probably have very nice long speed. Like there are a lot of different factors that kind of go into that. I think Anderson has all of those things. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That was the first note that I had here too, is he looks like a running back with
0: the ball in his hand,
1: very fluid, very good athlete, Definitely elusive, and he's a big-time yak threat. Uh, he's also got very good long speed. Uh, he ran a hundred-meter time. He was clocked at eleven flat as a freshman, uh, and then he—they were projecting him to run about a ten, a 10 five. He ran an <laughs> eleven as a freshman. Yeah, he ran an eleven flat as a freshman, according to twenty-four-seven sports. <laughs> Holy shit! I missed that.
0: Damn, that's fast. That's like that's yeah. like four-five. <laughs> oh, yeah. 40.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, and they they expected him to run a 10-5 before they shut down spring sports this past year. Um, So, you know, he he has the good long speed there. That's what you're looking to see. Uh, You know, so top-level athlete. And then, like you said, he also has very strong hands, too, to go on top of that. He's pretty versatile as well. I think his best spot would probably be in the slot, but he can absolutely play out wide as well.
0: I think it's nice when those kind of players go to a school like Cal yes, um, because they're that kind of guy like they're very versatile and Cal can kind of line them up in different places. And if he ends up being like the best guy, like in terms of receivers, because, you know, they bring in J. Michael Sturdivant, too, like you said, who I'm not like entirely convinced isn't a 18th century poet or something <laughs> but masquerading as a football player now with that <laughs> name. Um, uh, but Anderson, like it's like Rondale Moore, it's like that kind of thing, or like Wandale at Nebraska, where like you, you line them up all over the place and you just try to get the ball in your hands. So that could be a really good situation for him, depending on where that offense goes over the next couple of years. Uh, I love that context you threw in about the offensive coordinator driving guys there. I did. I was not aware of that. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I just
1: saw as I was like looking through the recruiting classes and everything like that that I there was an interview with um, Sturdivant and Milner where they said Musgrave said we were going to be a pass first offense, and I was like Musgrave, that sounds really familiar. So I started to look into that a little bit more and just kind of dove into him overall. But when you can get a guy with that kind of NFL experience, like I definitely think that would drive these NFL, uh, you know, these these prospects to go there. Because, you know, and obviously he hasn't had anything to really do with the classes before, but Cal has been known to churn out some wide receivers. Uh, Marvin Jones went there. Keenan Allen went there. Trevor Davis was there. He's been fine. Chad Hansen was in the NFL. He's been fine. So they have some decent, you know, prospects at the wide receiver position through their history. So, you know, with that coupled with Musgrave, I think that's what you're was really driving some of these top top 50 guys to go there at receiver position and you know it's pretty bare right there right now so i think both of these guys have a good opportunity to step on the field early and play
0: yeah did you talk to remain terry at all did i miss that
1: not yet uh that was actually my next guy uh, glad you're paying attention though
0: um, well, you you <laughs> cut out for or I cut out someone cut out oh, like, Okay. so and Streamyard always picks this stuff up so no it it'll be there when, <laughs> when you go to listen to it and I was like uh, <laughs> Hello.
1: no I haven't talked uh, Terry yet that was the next guy on my list um, Jermaine Terry the number six tight end he's a four star guy uh, we don't really give a lot of love to to the tight end position but uh, we'll give some here you know he's 64 235 so he's got really good size for the tight end position i think it's going to be very easy for him to put on 10 15 pounds and get up to that 245 250 that you like to see from tight ends um, one of my favorite things about terry uh is he's an early enrollee he's already on campus he's already you know in the program he's getting exposure here so i mean with cal sports you know kind of being in flux with covid and they have some more tighter restrictions there, but he's at least still there getting time, getting familiarized with the playbook. Um, so they're kind of expecting him to make an impact right away as well. Um, now he's, he re, uh, they have some of his verified results up on 24 uh, seven sports from the opening. Uh, he ran a four, six, five shuttle and a 26 inch vert. So not a great athlete there based on that. Now, based on the film that I've seen, You know, he looks like a better athlete than that. He still is a bit of, he's still a bit lumbering. Um, I don't think he, I think that 4.65 shuttle is probably pretty close. You know, he's not super fluid. He's a bit more of a long speed strider kind of a guy. Um, They, they comp him to David and Joku, which I don't, I don't think he's that level of an athlete, Uh, but he has very, very good hands. Uh, And he has, you know, he's pretty quick off the line. He's got some good burst uh, if he's not necessarily even as fluid. But, you know, he's, we don't, like I so said, we don't give a lot of love to tight ends, but I th- he's a guy that's, you know, worth keeping an eye on just for the, the impact that he could potentially have right away.
0: Yeah. And I was just looking <clears throat> at his stuff here on 24 seven, he was recruited by Marquis to Sopo. And that is a name that I have not <laughs> heard in such a long time. If you remember, like if you're, you know, mid twenties or, or older, you probably remember him. He had, he was in the NFL for a few years. He'd yep. pop up every now and then when somebody was hurt as a backup quarterback that, you know, Tui Sopo might have to start. And obviously, you know, there aren't, you know, I'm sure there aren't a lot of that people with that last name running around. So I was pretty sure I just, I just looked up real quick. And I was like, yep, there he is. Um, I, yeah, I like Terry. Um, and like, if you go and look at his offers, he has 25 offers and he's got offers from, um, Alabama, Arizona state, Auburn, Florida, LSU, Miami, Nebraska, Ohio state, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn state, Pitt, South Carolina, Texas, Texas, A&M, UCLA, Utah, Washington, West Virginia, like a lot of schools wanted this kid. So, um, makes you feel pretty good about, about his possible profile as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's definitely something
0: you like to see as
1: well. I mean, you know, somebody going to Cal, you may be like, I don't know, but he's a California kid. Uh, So he's sticking close to home here. Uh, Like we say, Cal's really been kind of turning it around lately. They, you know, they had put up back-to-back winning seasons in 2018, 2019. They played four games this past year. Now they beat Oregon. They upset Oregon and that kind of, I mean, Oregon ended up being the Pac-12 champ there anyway, which was, I mean, that's, that's a whole topic for another day, but, uh, or they were in the Pac-12 championship game, but topic for another day, but, you know, so they, they have Cal's program turned around. And then you're also seeing other big programs like Bama, Auburn, these SEC schools, LSU, Florida, that really want this kid too. So that eases my concerns about him going to Cal.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, anybody else that you're highlighting with these guys? Or? Yeah, the, the last guy that I'm highlighting
1: is a guy that uh, I do actually like uh, a lot here, and that's uh, Kai Milner, the, uh, the quarterback that's going there. He's the number 17 pro style quarterbacks, four star guy is uh, 6'2", 188. So little slight right now, but I don't think that's anything that's super concerned. I think he could definitely add some muscle there and that's not really a problem. You know, have him put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle and now he's 6'2", 200, 205 and that's a lot better. So I'm not super worried about that. Uh, he's a guy who was in the, uh, he was on the roster for the All-America game, the Under Armour All-America game. So you like to see that as well. Um, and while he's listed as a pro style quarterback, he's actually very athletic. Uh, he's got good mobility as well. Um, so, I mean, that was something we mentioned before where you're like these guys who were pro style, like who are pro style quarterbacks now, like would have absolutely been dual threats five years ago, just the way that the game's evolving there. But so he's very athletic, good mobility. He could definitely break off some big chunk plays with his feet, um, and one of the other things that just jumps out right away at you when you watch him is he's got an effortless release, just a flick of the wrist. Um, his arm strength isn't isn't phenomenal. It's not as much as you would like to see from a guy that throws the ball like that easily, but it is solid. And I think it's something that will continue to improve as well. And then he also shows very good de- uh, touch on the deep ball. Good accuracy overall, but very nice deep ball. Uh, so I think that he's definitely a great get for Cal overall especially with uh, Musgraves ability to develop quarterbacks and his pedigree there. And then, you know, chase Garbers is back. So he's not going to get thrown into the fire right away. He can sit a year, learn, develop, and then he can jump in and he's going to be surrounded by weapons right away. Uh, You know, like his first year as a starter, which I'm assuming is going to be next year. So I Kyle Milner is a guy that I'm a big fan of right now.
0: Yeah. I like him as well. I don't have him ranked anywhere yet. My quarterback rankings are like the one thing that's not great for this year yet. Um, cause I don't really like, like no one has really inspired me in this class to be honest. Um, it's just kind of a lot of guys. I probably won't draft a lot of quarterbacks this year. Um, but he's certainly a guy that's worth a stash late late in drafts, um, that, could do some some stuff down the line yeah yeah i don't think he's a guy you're gonna have to spend
1: an early pick on uh or if you do auction spend a lot of money on i think he'll be relatively cheap uh just because not a lot of people are paying attention to cal's program right now but i think it is a program that's on the rise
0: yeah no i'd agree with that um any final words or
1: no no i I just think this is a great class overall It's, it's definitely some guys that i like a lot definitely some guys to keep on the radar that are going to be cheaper. Uh, like Maven Anderson is a guy who's going to fly under the radar, I think, unless you're in a league with you or me. <laughs> um, but Kai Milner as well, definitely be under the radar. Terry, people aren't really paying attention to tight ends, but he's a guy who could get on the field and make an impact right away. And tight ends, such a difficult position to to find a producer at the college level that I think it's worth definitely taking a shot on him as well. And then Sturdevant's the higher profile guy who, he doesn't really fit what I'm looking for, but I think he's uh, a very solid player overall. And I think he's probably going to be the guy that I get the least of just because I think other people are going to pay attention to him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a pretty uh, fair analysis of, of what's probably going to happen there. Um, So since you took the recruiting class, I really wanted to talk about today. Like (laughs) you were like, let's talk a recruiting class that we like. I call dibs on on California. I was like, Oh, cool. Okay. Um, So I I do like so it was kind of hard for me to pick a class necessarily because I didn't want to pick a huge top one and there are some other classes that I really like like we talked a little about pre show like I love Maryland's class but it's all defensive guys yep Uh, but I'm in some IDP league so that's why I I do pay attention to that stuff even if I'm not necessarily you know I'm I'm not comfortable giving advice on it like I I always tell people I'm like I'm just dangerous enough with that information to like (laughs) do a little bit of something but like nothing that I that I'd really go around and talk to people about that much I really like Pitt's class. It brings in a ton of D-line talent, including uh, Aaron Donald's nephew, who's a four-star kid that looks pretty darn good as well. Um, But I wanted to pick an offensive class, so I ended up choosing Arkansas. And the reason I chose Arkansas is really only two guys. Um, The first being A.J. Green who is the number 7 athlete in the composite. I'm actually not 100% sure if he's officially signed with Arkansas, but I know that that is like where it's likely that he's probably going to be going. He is probably going to play running back there. He has a little bit of a DB background as well. Uh 5'11" 194, so decent size, probably needs to get a little bit bigger. I'm not sure he's a guy that can get up to 220 or that you'd want to get up to 220, but I think you can get him up to, you know, 210, 205 to 210 and feel okay about that. Uh, very, very good athlete for the position. I know like he's listed as an athlete, so you kind of expect them to be athletic and he is, um, a good long speed, um, pretty good burst acceleration. You know, he's a good mover, um, for that size. And like the, there are obviously some concerns with him being an athlete and being a DB and, an, and a running back in the past. Like he definitely has to learn more of the position. Um, I mean, you didn't really see him pass block at all in high school um, but you don't see a lot of these guys pass blocks that's you know I don't ding a guy if I don't see them do it I just will give bonus points if they do so he obviously did not pick up any of those bonus points when I was watching him play um and the vision is is okay it's not awful but it's not like beautiful either like i i think the guy that I've watched so far that i've loved his vision the most in this class is probably byron cardwell yeah, that dude. As soon as that. as soon as a crease opens up on the backside, that dude hits it and he's he's gone. It's very very impressive. Uh, Green, I'm not sure is quite on that level. Uh, probably something he can learn a little bit, but I also think a lot of that kind of ability is innate. Either you have it or you don't. So his ceiling may be capped with that being in mind. Um, the backfield at Arkansas, in my opinion, is pretty open. They lose yep. Boyd this year. They have Traylon Smith, who I like more than Boyd. Like Boyd is a bit of a two-down plotter, in my opinion. Um, Smith is a little more dynamic. I think he'll be the guy next year for the most part. They also have uh, Hammonds there. I'm I'm blanking on his first name right now. Looked solid last year, uh, and then they bring in Javion Hunt as well this year, who's the 27th ranked running back in the composite. I watched Javion Hunt a couple weeks ago. I did not like him that much. I didn't think I was. I was a little surprised he's 27th. I didn't see a lot there that. Um, really would get me excited about his, his fortunes in college. I think green's the better back of the two. So, um, I can probably get green for a little bit cheaper than hunt potentially, especially if people like we were talking about earlier, aren't sorting by athlete. They'll just looking at running back. Um, so, so green is a guy that I'm excited about and it's so hard to find information on him because you search AJ (laughs) green and (laughs) it comes up. So it's like, I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. There's some other guy named AJ Green, apparently I'd never heard about. So um, but but I, I do like him and I I think that he has some potential, a late-round guy in drafts, um, for sure, especially because like nobody's rushing out to get the guy that goes to Arkansas, right? Which I like. But the other guy that I really like in this class is Keytron Jackson. And he is a like we were talking about this also a little bit in the pre-show. Like I I'm not sure I necessarily always agree with this approach, but there are teams in college that will only recruit a certain profile at certain positions. And when it works out, like it works out really well for them. Like Notre Dame does it with receivers. Clemson does it with receivers. um, And Arkansas does it with receivers. There are other schools too, but those are kind of the ones that come to mind right away. And they all kind of have a similar approach where they're going for these big bodied athletic speed size combo guys and trying to teach them. Some of them are more refined than others. I mean, obviously, Arkansas is scraping the bottom of the barrel a little more than a Clemson is right. in terms of you know the the um, the background of some of these kids, the pedigree. Um, but Keatron Jackson is 6'2", 186. Um, so he puts him in line with some of those other guys they have there right now, like Burks and Knox. And um, uh, they have another guy they brought in last year that's really big, too, whose name I'm blanking on, regardless. Um, see how prepared I was for this calling to call into cow from me that jerk. Um, yeah. But it's he, not like we didn't put this together, the show sheet together, like last night slash early this morning. So yeah. I don't know why, I don't know why you were unprepared. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, but but I was watching this kid and I didn't really look at his size until after. But I don't think this kid is 6'2, 186. I think he's bigger than 186. He's a big boy. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. He, he's a big boy. I thought he was like 6'3, 200 or like, you know, 195. Like he he's definitely, you know, like they, they don't even have to put the circle around him. Like you have to be yeah. on some of those guys on 100? It's Like, oh, there he is. Like he's, he's the freaking enormous guy that's like eight inches bigger than this poor kid that he's about to destroy. Um, He is very elusive. His skill set's really weird for his size. Like, he gets the ball in open space, and he can make some guys miss. Now, he's not, like, crazy fluid, you know, like, I mean, obviously, like, his size limits him a little bit in that regard, but he just knows how to make guys miss in the open field. And the other thing that I really like about him, like, he just has a very nice catch radius. You see him catching a lot of stuff away from his body, you know, down in the dirt, jump up, make contested catch. Um, so he can do that kind of thing like he's not a big guy that plays small i don't like those kind of guys he's a big guy that can play small but can also play big Um, so i think that he can go there they've shown that they can develop some of these taller guys you know they know what to teach them what to work with them on Um, probably won't play that much next year but um you know a, a big receiver out of Texas. That, that produced well in high school. Yeah. I'll take a gamble on those guys. Cause I think, you know, more than really anywhere Texas is that breeding ground where it's just a different thing. You know, um, you know, football's not just a game down there. It's, it's a Religious. lot more than that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so, that's the way um, they say it. Yeah. So, um, so that those are the two guys that make Arkansas's class stand out to me a little bit for C2C purposes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like I like Keetron Jackson. That's definitely a guy I'm going to be keeping my eye on just for all the, the reasons that you said there as well. Um, he does look like he has huge hands as well. So, I mean, they're just like, they're going to replace Traylon Burks. He's going to leave probably next year, probably be an early draft pick. And then, you know, in's going to step Keetron Jackson, who p- could potentially fill that exact same role which is probably what drew him to Arkansas. I mean, as he's a, you know, 26 overall wide receiver, so, you know, Arkansas is not some place that you would necessarily expect him to go, especially when he had offers from 22 other schools like Bama and Auburn and he had offers from LSU, Penn State, Texas, Texas A&M. So, he had a ton of offers and then he goes to Arkansas. I think because of it's very easy to see a role for him, like Burks's role. So I love that you picked this class here. I think that was a great, uh, great get. And then there's another guy too. Um, they're not sh- it does, they're not sure yet if he's going to play wide receiver or uh, or linebacker, and that's Raheem Sanders, the number 14 athlete overall. It's looking like he's probably going to play linebacker, uh, but given his a- athleticism too, like you know there there's a potential there that he could play uh, you know wide receiver as well. And he would definitely be very raw, and I don't know how much time he would get. But that's just also another name to to keep in the back of your mind as well.
0: On every day that you hear that there's a guy that he's either going to play a linebacker or a wide receiver.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's listed at six two two ten right now, and I mean he could probably easily get up to another two twenty. So, I mean he could be he could
0: be a monster. Yeah, um, and just one other thing on Jackson here. His athletic background is pretty, pretty darn impressive. I'm, I'm just pulling this straight off the 24/7s page here. Um, as like as a sophomore in high school, he Texas Class 5A, which is like the second biggest class there. I'm pretty sure he was on a bunch of medal winning teams, uh, running wise. He was on the silver medal four by two hundred, bronze four by one hundred. Qualified himself like uh, just as a single uh, two hundred runner. So he's got good athletic ability for his size he's not just a big guy out there um so yeah i mean i, I i'm cautiously optimistic about a lot of these guys i'm not sure what their quarterback situation is going to be i mean i like kj jefferson but um yeah the Hornsby. throwing ability is he is not is, yeah and malik Hornsby like it's going to be one of those two guys i'm not sure how many how much passing volume is going to be there to go around outside of burks um but I, i'm it's it's free stuff at the end of drafts that you know those guys can make a big difference. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a league where you could if you we were, we talk about this all the time. Like you could take this all time free agent list and just make an absurd team in this league. Like you, you could run with like Brees Hall, Kyron Williams at running back, and Zach Wilson at quarterback. Like there, you, know, you can build a very good roster with those guys. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it's that they're definitely worth keeping an eye on there. Just. Because, like you said, like you, you, these guys can come out of nowhere at times, and that's one of the beautiful things about C two C as well is that like you can kind of find these guys who come out of nowhere. You can find them early before other people are getting on them, before they are an NFL prospect, and you know you pick them up and and put them on your C two C side, and you get some production from them early. You scoop them off the waiver wire. I mean, that's something that everybody likes in a dynasty league too. You know that you like to unearth that hidden gem, that James Robinson, and playing C two C, like you could just do that a lot
0: more. Yeah. Um, which is a perfect segue into our next last segment here with the offenses that we're buying. Um, because these are all guys outside of like one or two that people don't really roster that much. Um, and the last time we did this, we did this a few weeks ago. We talked about Arkansas state specifically, their wide receivers. And we talked a little bit about Lane Hatcher as well. Uh, who's going to be the, probably their quarterback going into next year, but we want to talk, uh, East Carolina this week, the pirates, um, they are, and they're not. They're probably a little more well known of an offense than Arkansas State is, um, because they've, like, as an offense, they've performed very well over the past couple years. Now, this this past year was a little bit iffy, but I mean, it, I mean, the COVID stuff just threw a lot of people off. I don't right. necessarily think that I'm I'm going to jump on people for maybe struggling a little more than they could have, especially smaller programs which were hit harder um, by that sort of thing. The right. bigger ones were. Um, but it's a very prolific offense, and I think it all starts with Holden Allers or Ailers. I don't know how you say his last name. If it's allers or Ailers, I don't think really I say matters. allers, but yeah. yeah. Um I'm talking allers, right? Before I continue with this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, how about it? Okay, cool. <laughs> so Allers is going to be uh, he was a junior last year. Um the COVID stuff, like I don't even know what he's listed at anymore. Like I he has like years left or whatever. I This whole thing is just like bizarre in terms of trying to track yeah. like who who's what year because of all this. Um, but he's been the starter of the past two years, uh, and he's been very, very prolific in that offense. Um, and they've kind of given him the reins to it and made it his for the most part. Um, his sophomore year was kind of the big year that everyone really, really liked in 2019. Uh, he put up three. Uh, 30, about 3500 yards 21 touchdowns 10 receptions completion percentage right around 60 percent so that completion percentage is worrisome and it's why part of why I don't think he's a legitimate NFL prospect at the position but um, I mean that's those are I didn't sit down and calculate out the points I, in terms of what what they were for fantasy that year I probably should have um, so I apologize for that but that that's a big quarterback season if you're trying to compete on the college side of things. Um, last year, he improved his completion percentage a couple of points, about, about 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. So he was consistent in terms of you know his output on a per-game basis. Um, the reason why I say he's probably not a uh, legitimate NFL prospect is because, his, like we said, his, he's not particularly accurate, in my opinion, and he has a very long, loopy throwing motion. Like, think Tim Tebow. Like he's bringing that, that thing around town before he's really letting it go. <laughs> he's going to need to do a lot of work on the the motion. And I think it's just hard to, to predict a guy that has those kind of issues making it to the NFL. And he's not like an overwhelmingly good athlete either. Like, I think he's not really, I mean, he can scramble a little bit, but I wouldn't necessarily label him as a dual threat guy. Um, you know, maybe a few years ago, like Colin said earlier, he would have been, but now not so much. Well, actually Um, he was, yeah, he
1: was a dual threat coming out, but that was, uh, back in 2017. So 2018.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he put up 290 fantasy points two years ago. So that's, I mean, that's a very, very good year. I just, I was able to look that up quick. Um, so, but, so I think that he's a guy where if you just need a quarter, like, you know, like a third quarterback on your roster or something, or a fourth quarterback, he's a guy you go out and target later in drafts. Um, they have another guy behind him that I think people are probably a little more excited about. Um, so what do you think of him, Colin?
1: Yeah. So the, the guy that I'm more excited about for the quarterback position there for them is uh, Mason Garcia. Um, you know, he was a, a true freshman this past year. Uh, you know, he came in, he was a three-star guy from the composite number 14, overall pro style quarterback, but he was the number seven pro style quarterback. And he was a four-star guy from 24, seven sports. So, you know, they, they liked him more than the composite did, which is something we talked about, like got a way to find some under the radar kind of guys. Um, but he's got, got ideal size, six, four, he's two eighteen. Um, so he's, you know, pretty pretty good size there. He's a good athlete. He's a pretty fluid mover too. He's a he's mobile um, from watching some of his high school tape. And he was a basketball player, a good basketball player in high school as well. So, you know, you kind of see some of that athleticism trans, uh, transfer through. Uh, but the big thing with him is, I mean, he's got, he's got a big-time arm, uh, big-time arm strength. He's got a cannon. He can drive the ball, you know, really to all of the levels of the field there. And he has a nice fastball too. And he throws a beautiful spiral, too. So as a passer, like, I mean, he, he just he looks the part as a passer. Now, does struggle a bit with accuracy uh, and, and ball placement. So that was definitely, like, why he ended up at in East Carolina as opposed to, like, a big-time school, it, despite having all of these traits, is that he does need to improve that accuracy a lot. Um, they comped him to 24-7 sports, comped him to Josh Allen, and it's like... You know, they're going to want to comp every big arm mobile passer to Josh Allen nowadays. So that you're going to see that be a trendy comp from now on from them probably. But I mean, he's he. he I see the similarities there. You know, I understand why they're why they're comping him to him because their play style is very similar. Um, now he was a true freshman quarterback this year. He's sitting behind Ollers, who you know he's he's the incumbent starter. And at schools like this, it's difficult to unseat uh, the incumbent. Um, but you know we're probably expecting him to maybe leave next year. We don't really know with the extra years of eligibility. Uh, but Garcia did get some action in one game this year, uh, where where Allers was. You know he was out. Uh, I don't remember if it was COVID or if it was injury. Uh, but he played. May, Garcia got the start against Navy and didn't look particularly great. Um, I, I'm going to need to definitely go in and watch that game. Uh, more in depth, but you know he was ten for twenty,
0: 104 yards passing.
1: And, it was bad. It was yeah. bad for the record. <laughs> I watched
0: it because it was announced late that he was going to start, and it got me really excited. It was not, it was not good. It, yeah, it, it hurt a little bit to watch it.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, ten for twenty, 50% completion percentage, 104 yards passing. It did show somewhat like decent on the ground. He had 15 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so there you get to see some of that versatility that he offers, but. Definitely glad that he gets to sit behind Allers for another year and, and continue to develop.
0: Yeah. Um, I really don't have too much to add to that. I think you pretty much covered it all. Um, the nice thing was when I watched him play last year that I thought he actually looked a little like, like I, he definitely wasn't ready and there was no way that they wanted him to play last year. And then through circumstances, he was kind of forced into the game. Um, but i thought that he actually looked better than i anticipated from a um like in high school he was just ripping it downfield and i thought he looked a slightly better on the underneath stuff than i expected him to um but it's still yeah like he was kind of all over the place yeah yeah for sure like i said he big time arm huge
1: huge arm good deep ball passer definitely needed to work on the underneath stuff for sure yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so that's kind of probably the quarterback situation for the next couple of years. You'd have to figure there. um, running back wise, they don't really ever produce that many running backs. Like it's not necessarily a strong running game. It is definitely more of the passing game. So all we really want to highlight with this is Roger Harris, who was a true freshman last year there. And he had a very nice year. Um, he has really good size as well. Uh, he weighs like 227 pounds, um, and he's like six foot tall. Like you know, he, so, And he's a pretty good athlete for that size, too. He's 5'10", 228. Sorry, I thought he was a little taller than that. But last year, he put up about 600 yards on five yards to touch, four touchdowns, competent receiver. Um, so he might be the best running back they've had there in a while. And I think that he's probably going to get the majority of the touches there next year. They've always been more of a little bit of more of a committee. But um, last year, he really put uh, like he he's got more touches as the season wound on he ended up with 108 carries and then their second back was keaton mitchell who ended up with 88 so i think like i i would i would expect that gap to grow a little bit for next year
1: yeah i would i would as well i mean he wasn't a guy that i had on my radar you know at all coming into this past year i don't really think anybody did um you know, because he wasn't really a high profile recruit. He was a three star guy. He was the number 76 overall running back. Uh, you know, he's going to East Carolina, who hasn't produced a relevant running back since Chris Johnson. So, you know, they haven't really, yeah, they, there wasn't really a reason to pay attention to him until he, you know, came on the scene, burst out as a true freshman there. And, you know, he was the first team All American Conference running back. He, uh, you know, he was the co rookie of the year uh on offense there too with Ulysses Bentley who's a guy that's actually getting you know getting a decent amount of hype there but you don't really hear anybody talking about uh Rajay Harris so you know definitely a guy that you could probably get for free right now in most leagues or, or definitely late in startups and you know he looked really good this year um his athletic profile coming out wasn't you know, fantastic. He was at the opening, You know, four, six, four shuttle, you know, 30 inch vert. So it's not fantastic, but you don't necessarily need that as much at the running back position there.
0: Yeah. I thought he yeah. looked I, like I didn't, I, when I watched him a little bit last year, so Brian should I think tweeted out about him in like August or, you know, like late summer. And he was like, Hey, like this kid looks pretty good. I think there's some opportunity there. And he turned out to be right. I put him on, I don't think I have him anywhere, but I think he's a free agent in all my leagues. Like, I think I just left him as a, uh, a watch list kind of guy to pick up later. But when I watched him last year, like I never watched him and thought like, oh, this kid, like he'd be really good if he was just a better athlete. Like I thought he was an okay athlete, you know, That yeah. like, his, his lack of whatever, never jumped off the the screen at me, which, um, which is okay. Yeah. Yeah. His athleticism isn't,
1: it doesn't hurt, you know, it, it's not great, but it doesn't hurt at all by any means. You know, he's fine. Um, he's not going to blow you away, but you know, and, and you see that kind of in his four point, nine yards per carry, you know, which is really good, but you're not going to see him busting off these huge long runs. So, you know, he's definitely a guy to keep on the radar there. He wasn't really a guy that I had on my radar before the end of this year. Um, He's definitely a guy that I'm going to need to go actually watch uh, the tape a lot more on here. But the other thing that stands out for him is I want to see him uh, catch the ball a little bit better. Um, You know, he doesn't, Didn't really show a ton of it. You know, he only had was like six catches this year. So I want to see it a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had six catches last year. Not bad for a true freshman and limited snaps. Um, We'll see. We'll see what's going on. Um, So the real meat of what we wanted to talk about here is the wide receivers. Um, And I'll just like call and take it right away with that. Yeah. So, I mean, the first guy that we're going to talk about is the obvious
1: guy there. And that's uh, CJ Johnson. Um, You know, he had that big, big freshman year. Um, was in 2019 uh, he started six games but he played 12 overall as a true freshman there uh he had 908 yards receiving which was ecu's freshman record um and you know just for a little bit of context uh was it um zay jones went to ecu too so he was a guy who had some hype a couple years ago so you know they have a couple guys here and there that are that are decent uh, but he averaged 16.8 yards per catch so that was really nice uh, and then he had a monster game against Cincy where he went 12 for 283, which is uh, ECU and the AAC's single-game record. So, you know, he had some huge numbers there as a freshman. You know, get a lot of hype there. And disappointed a little bit this year. Uh, he only had 19 catches. I did have 405 yards uh, for a 21.3 average, and he had six touchdowns. So, you know, you like to see those numbers. Uh, would have liked to see a little bit more receptions there, but that wasn't really the way that their offense kind of worked out. Um, their offense kind of fed a little bit more underneath this year. Uh, but, you know, he's he's got that prototypical alpha build at 6'2", 236. Uh, he's a big wide receiver, and I think he plays pretty big, too. Uh, and he shows really, really smooth, uh, you know, at, for a guy that size. He's very fluid. Um, for somebody who's 236 pounds. Yeah. Um, he's very tough with the ball in his hands as well. He, he kind of looks like a running back. So, you know, I really like uh, C.J. Johnson a lot. And I think he's going to be a guy as a post-hype sleeper because, like I said, he didn't really do a ton this year. Through nine games, 19 catches. You know, that's not going to wow anybody. But, like I said, 405 yards for 21.3 average. So he still was productive on limited work. Um, and the thing that I love the most about this guy uh, if you looked at the one of his videos on huddle from his high school uh, days, it's titled super saiyan five. And for anybody who doesn't know, that's a dragon ball Z reference. Uh, I, I love dragon ball Z. I still stay up to date on that now. Uh, so, you know, that just endeared it to me that I got a warm place in my heart for CJ Johnson just because of that.
0: Yeah, I really, really like CJ Johnson. I was really bummed out that he didn't end up having a big year this year. I think he is a very much a prototypical X receiver, um, you know, strong at catch point, can absolutely just bully pretty much anybody that's across from him. I think he's a little bit of a better route runner than people think he is. Now I'm not saying he's great or even like good really, but I think he's better than people want to give him credit for, for his size. Um, but he's just, you know, he's a physical monster. Yeah. He, he would, he would just wants to kind of maul people a little bit. Um, and you know, while that doesn't always necessarily translate, I can definitely appreciate a guy that, you know, just, just wants to do that to people. Um, especially like this level, like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always translate into college where you can be that level of an athlete where you just beat people up. But I think he really does that. Um, and yeah, like you said, ECU has a history of producing those guys. I mean, outside of Zay Jones, they also had Justin Hardy many, yeah. many moons ago, who was a guy that I really liked coming out uh, and basically did nothing in the NFL. Was he on the Falcons for a while? Yeah, for a little while. His first contract, I believe, I think his yeah. rookie year. Yeah, and he never, he, I don't even know how many, he probably had like less than a handful of catches in the NFL. He never really did anything. Um, but, but I mean, the, the school has a history of, of producing some of these guys. So, so yeah, I do really like Johnson. Um, and they've had, they have some other guys on the roster there too, right now. Um, I mean, is leaving. I uh, like the name. I mean, if you've heard the last name before, his dad was a, uh, a receiver in the NFL. He played for the Panthers when they went to the Super Bowl that one year. Yeah, he's a wide receiver coach somewhere too, Ricky Prohl. Yeah. I don't remember where. Yeah. And his son Blake um, was there. I think he was their leading receiver last year. was Snead their leading receiver? Pearl was, right? Pearl
1: was from a yardage standpoint, Sneed from receptions. Okay. So Johnson I could say from touchdowns.
0: I could say uh, any of those guys and be right then. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I love when that happens. Um outside of of Johnson and then Pearl, though, we just say, you know, Sneed is a guy you have to watch over as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Snead's a guy you have to watch out for as well. I mean, more just
1: from the production on your C2C side. I don't think he's really like a Debbie prospect, an NFL guy, because he's tiny. He's 5'7, 169. Um, that's what he's listed at. So that's small. But you know, he did put up 53 catches, 530 yards, and five touchdowns through nine games this year. So like I say, he's got some production there. It's definitely a guy that you can get for basically free. And if you need a little bit of wide receiver production, cause you have a guy who you know is a good pro prospect, but may not put up like a ton of numbers. You know, I, th- I think Snead's a guy where you could get some production, some very easy, cheap production.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's pretty much all you need to say about Snead. He's like just a really cheap guy you get late in a draft. If you're, um, you know, maybe you have some question marks, like you went young at the beginning of your draft, and some of these guys, you know, the top guys, but they might not produce for a year. You go grab a Snead, throw in your lineup. He does well this year, and then you know, some guys may be ready to step in. Uh, going forward the big thing and we like if we don't know something on the show we're not going to pretend like we know it there this offense almost at least the past couple years has produced three wide receivers that that are relevant for fantasy purposes but with pro leaving there in my opinion and i don't watch enough ecu football or read enough ecu football news to necessarily know this but there's no obvious third player that is going to step up behind those two next year but there will probably be somebody. So if you like that, that's a situation where we might revisit it at a later show once stuff starts happening in the spring. But it's a keep your ear to the ground type situation and just be on the lookout for news. And if a third guy emerges and you have a roster spot, and you, you can go pounce on that guy and maybe get some very free production that way.
1: Yeah, like like you said, we I, I like to try to say, Hey, I don't know the answer to this question. Like, let me find the answer to it, or, you know, let me look into it more. Uh, I try not to talk out of my ass. <laughs> uh, it doesn't always work, but you know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, th- there's not really a guy that I would expect to step forward. There's not like an easy guy you can say you pick out that's already on the roster and say, this is who's going to fill in for parole. And they only bring in one wide receiver in this, in this upcoming class, It's Troy Lewis. Um, he's a three-star guy some of the 266 wide receiver overall. So kind of tells you what you need to know there. I haven't watched him at all, but you know, I I wouldn't expect anything groundbreaking or earth shattering there. I wouldn't expect him to jump in right away, but we don't really know. Um, But it is a guy that you can get some production out of. So it's definitely something to follow along with in the spring, kind of see who is emerging after spring practice and just keep that guy on your radar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that does it for the show tonight. Um, we are doing the drawing for the JK Dobbins Jersey on Canton bound this week. So be on the lookout for that. Um, aside from that, we are going to be providing some updates on this mock draft probably that we have going on. Cause it's, it's moving along. We got, we got, yeah. we got almost a round down while we were doing this show. Yeah. Well, how
1: do I want to know how you feel about, and I've been meaning to. I was waiting and I was going to ask you about it. Once we had a, a good break here. Uh, how do you be, feel about your guy, Felix stealing your guy chip?
0: Felix is going to get it. Okay, he's done this twice to me now in this draft, and we're only through two rounds. So Felix is going to is going to get it at some point. Um, so just just so he is aware, so you are all aware, uh, Felix is on my shit list for right now. Uh, we'll see how this continues to go on once this uh, once this draft moves forward. But I guess it's not really surprising. Him and I look for a lot of similar stuff and a lot of the guys that we like. So um, yeah, not 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 shocking. <laughs> but uh, but disappointing for sure. Um, but yeah, so I think that's our show. Colin, you have anything to uh, to toss in here at the end? Uh, no, nothing nothing to toss in here at the end except
1: definitely you still have a little bit of time to get those reviews in. Get them in now. Um, DM us. Uh, I'm at Campus to Canton. Uh, my DMs are open. Austin's at Devi Dietz. His DMs are open as well. You can also send it to the email address uh, Campus to Canton at gmail.com like my handle Um, any of those three places you know send it in you still have a couple days left Uh, we'll probably cut it off and compile the list on Wednesday um, and then we'll make the drawing on Thursday if you do happen to get it in Thursday morning before we end up recording you know definitely send us over let us know Uh, we'll let you know that we saw it too but I think we're going to try to get that compiled and everything in by wednesday so we can draw it live on the show thursday
0: yeah yeah just yeah you got to cut it off at some point so right that's, that's probably going to be the cutoff um so that is our show for today guys again tune in later this week for that drawing and for our other half of our shows here but until then i am austin and this is colin and have a good week guys have a good one